0: Hello, Patrons, and welcome to episode 14 of Minis and Movies. I am, of course, John Spencer, your host. I want to thank you guys for hanging out, uh, listening to me, and continuing to support uh, More Than Dice. It really helps us uh, keep the lights on and pay for stuff, and uh, generally uh, bring more content to you guys. Uh, as usual, if you guys want to hear me talk about anything in particular, anything at all, even if you have a comment, just say something to me if you want. I don't care. Hit me up on Twitter at JohnOSpencer. John Oakland Spencer on Facebook and John Oakland Spencer at yahoo.com if you hit me up on the emails. The emails. What, what the emails? Uh, extra bonus internet points for anyone who gets that really, really old net reference, and I am dating myself very much. So tonight we are going to talk about uh, turn three of my Armada campaign since I got that done in plenty of time to talk about it. And then uh, we're going to talk about. I think we'll have some time left of talking about that. Spoiler, it was quick. And uh, we're going to talk about the 40k FAQ, because it was very interesting what they are doing with that, and it shows uh, shows some interesting signs from Games Workshop, signs I didn't expect to see from them. They uh, seem to go the opposite direction, generally speaking. And then finally, we're going to talk about the movie I chose, The Octagon, God Rest My Fucking Saul. Alright, so uh, I am drinking uh, some... uh, coconut rum and some uh, Mountain Dew spiked lemonade out of a can. It's not quite as good as the stuff from Taco Bell from the tap, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we'll finish off the spiked uh, lemonade first, because uh, let's get that out of the way. So, Ron Alright, any of you guys still with us from the old co-host corner Painting Without John uh, time, take a look out on Facebook, with Without John. Uh, he just announced John johncon 2018 in october i may have time off from my current job when that comes around so i'm going to look into it i'm actually looking at looking forward to it more than nova because nova's the end of the month and my job gets busy the end of the month apparently so i'm not sure i will be able to uh go to nova so uh look for that coming up so first armada turn three uh so we went back and forth uh, i had let paul uh choose an attack uh, he's my co-admiral and he chose an attack, and Marshall decided to uh, defend with his fleet. Uh, that game, I didn't get the highlight. I, I got some highlights, but the basic gist of it is Paul's fleet doesn't work well with what he chose. His 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 synergies do not work well together. So, uh, he got his ass handed to him. Um, they talked about it during the game, and he decided not to try and flee because he's going to try a different fleet if he ends up getting his ass whooped again, which is quite likely. Um, unfortunately. Uh, so he's gonna repair what he can, take it out, take the fleet out one more time. If it ends up too bad to uh, continue repair it, he loses too much more stuff. Then he will, uh, uh, he'll just make a new fleet, give them one, one, uh, one campaign point, which I'm fine with. This is just for fun, anyways, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Marshall though did not did not uh, get out of unscathed. He got hit to what by me the turn before, though he squeaked out a victory it uh, turns out I was the uh I was able to repair myself much better than he was. And uh he lost a uh Gazanti flotilla because it was scarred, he figured he'd take a chance and Paul ended up killing it, so well, there you go. Uh Marshall not out, out for free. He did uh take some pretty hefty losses there. So um or at least losses he can't easily fix. Uh so my game with Dave, if you remember correctly, I mentioned that I decided to leave my Z95 Headhunter fighters on uh, SCARD so that maybe they would die and I could replace them with better fighters. That didn't happen. Uh, in fact, what happened is uh, through a little bit of good maneuvering on my part and just the luck of how we went at each other, uh, Dave uh, rolled up with his fleet and uh, on the beginning of turn two, I had an ion cannon basically take the front off of one of his uh, Raiders, drop both front shields at a point of damage to the hull. Leaving it in really shit shape, which was great for Fordice. Basically, it was two hits a crit and a accuracy, which means you couldn't brace. So he just ate it. Uh, that was good. Uh, and then I got to go first, so I had my uh, big ship go forward, and it—I was expecting to have to put both, you know, put all my firepower into it, you know, blow it up. But I rolled exactly what I did with my sides. I got the one uh, icon to stop his uh, brace. Uh, and got enough damage to blow his ship straight to hell. So that was one ship down. And then to the front, I rolled uh, really good. Left uh, two damage left on his second raider. Uh, was feeling pretty good about that. Um, he did some stuff. He had a raider come in, t- t- scratch the paint on my big ship. And then, uh, actually no, he actually had the someone else op- activate. I believe it was the carrier... Uh, it bounced off my big ship, it didn't really do much shooting-wise, but it actually activated some fighters who came in and, and uh, tied up some of my fighters. He actually rolled like, amazing on the dice, but he had no accuracy, so my one A-wing squadron dodged it all. But more importantly, his other uh, bomber, it's a, a TIE defender, came in and just crushed the side of my hammerhead. It was no good. Uh, he took long-range shots with the carrier at that also, did some damage, uh, and then bounced off, like literally rammed my big ship. I was unimpressed, of course. Um, I decided not to go again because I had a strategic advisor, so I just uh, exhausted that and he went again. Uh, Which turns out they've arrived now that I can't do that. The big ship would have to have not gone. I would have been okay with that too. It would have not changed too much. Um, So he activated his other little uh, raider. It uh, fired at the big ship and uh, and a little bit like long range shots at the hammerhead doing some more damage to it. It was not good. And then he ended up right behind my big ship. It was great maneuvering on his part. I didn't think he was going to make it through, but he ended up there. Uh, So then I activated my Pelta. It fired off its weapons, its side arc at the front of the raider. And I got three damage, which is just enough to kill it, even if he used his brace for impact, because we're at such close range you couldn't evade. So it blew up. And then my forward firepower, I managed to get the one, one, accuracy, I needed to prevent the flotilla from scattering, and blew that thing up. It had taken damage because he, he sort of hemmed himself in and had to go through uh, uh, a uh, debris field, which does two damage. Um, kind of hurt him a little bit, and uh, or one face-up damage, something like that. It was asteroids. I forget, but he had taken damage. I think it was the asteroid field, and then I just got just enough to blow it up. So at this point, we are looking at he has done uh, a little bit of damage to my one of my cheapest ships, and I have destroyed three of his. So at this point, we talk it over, and uh, so actually, no, the, yeah, the, the carrier had not done, gone yet. He had activated the flotilla had gone and moved forward, that's why it was in good range. And actually, he did a cool thing where it uh, used slicer tools to change one of my uh, my hammerhead, hurt hammerhead's uh, order to maneuver, which was not good. I wanted to shoot stuff or repair. I wanted to not do that, basically. Uh, we talked about it, and then he decided uh, every one of his ships was going to activate and then flee. So he activated the carrier; it fired some stuff uh, at my hurt hammerhead and all, and then rammed my uh, big ship for a point of damage each. Um, I then started activating some more of my little ships, and uh, he had a gladiator that came in, uh, did ton of damage to. I think actually he's the one who took out my one hammerhead, and ended up close. Uh he he did kill it after it activated it and I'd left and between the rest of my ships I just ended leaving that gladiator on. Like two health, uh activated my fighters and managed to do just enough damage to kill it. So he lost a gladiator, two raiders, Votilla, he's left with two ships. Uh he did not lose any fighters because we didn't have quite enough time for that to really mix it up. Uh and then he had fled. Uh, so it was a victory for me. Um, I had lost just one Hammerhead, which I easily repaired and still fixed my three damage Headhunters, Z95s. Uh, I'm start calling them Z95s because I keep getting Hammerheads and Headhunters confused because Heads and Hs. So, uh, that ended up working well for me. Uh, I ended up, I am way over 500 points. You can't get more than 500 points, so basically I'm looking at, I can take pretty bad losses in the game and I'll still be fine because I can't buy any new stuff. I mean, I got, uh, right now I have, uh... About 34 points to spend. Um, I'm contemplating getting a uh, flotilla to command my fighters. But right now, actually, the week before, I turned one of my torpedo cre- frig corvettes into a pocket uh, carrier. It's working okay. It's not great. I mean, it's interesting. But I think having the flotilla would be a better use of points. Since I only have to buy the flotilla, I can just transfer the expanded hangar bays over to that. Um, and uh, then I can just put the external racks from the Ordnance Cruiser back on the torpedo corvette, and roll like that, if I so choose. Uh, I'm going to think it out a little more. We're not playing till uh, We're playing in four days, just to give you guys time frame, so i got plenty of time to think about it. But other than that, all my stuff is good. Um, and yeah, uh, so we're looking forward to that. Dave's uh, uh, Dave was in good cheer, despite the fact he had his ass absolutely whooped. I think he realized that my dice were really giving me exactly what I wanted and what I needed. And there's literally nothing you can do if that happens. Sometimes the dice are going to fuck you, and all you got to do is just take it in the face and go. Uh, but we're enjoying it, we're doing, having some good fun, learning some stuff. We're also all in on Legion, so it's really hard. We want to be playing the other Star Wars game, but we got a campaign we committed to. So you'll be hearing a little bit of Legion stuff from me, too, in the future. So there you go, there's turn three. Uh, we're talking about turn four, where uh, uh, Marshall uh, is defending against Paul's attack. Or no, sorry, Marshall attacked... A planet. Paul's defending because he wants. Paul has a plan. They talked it out. They want to try one more thing to see if maybe it works better against Marshall than we think. So, uh, cool. And so I took the opportunity to attack Corellia because uh, my joke is I have my uh, esteemed colleague, Commander Sato, drawing off the main Imperial fleet so that I can attack the Corellian homeworld and uh, maybe free it from the Empire. We'll see. Uh, Expect some uh, battle reports, uh, a battle report about it next time. Ron! All right. As expected, that did not take terribly long, so I'm gonna talk a little more about. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the Warhammer 40k, the big fact one in 2018. Just came out today, 416, um, and uh, it sort of builds upon what they were doing in the last one slash uh, chapter approved, and has some really interesting thoughts. And they and I'm really hats off because they're not putting everything out there as pure rules. They're doing some, these are rules, these are our suggestions. These are beta testing, we want to hear feedback. So to go over briefly, uh, their psychic focus uh, rule, which was, which I agree with because I had gotten my butt whooped by psychic powers before since I have almost no psychic, def- psychic defense playing Adeptus Mechanicus, is that basically you cannot manifest the same psychic power more than once a turn, except for Smite. And for Smite, every additional time you do it, it gets more difficult. It goes up by one harder to do. Uh, up to a maximum of 11, so you always have a chance to get it off. But those also mean uh, they're not changing how effective it is. So that means that at a certain point, you're pretty much only going off on 10s, so which means you get the D6 mortal wounds to the D3. So that's kind of cool. I like that because there was some psychic stuff that was just completely off the chain. Um, they also uh, made it so that uh, models with the uh, the psychers with the Brotherhood of Psychers or Brotherhood of Sorcerers, i.e. the Grey Knights or Thousand Sons, aren't affected by this. Which is fair because it seemed like they were—they—they they actually said they had a great article in the Warhammer community about it. They said that they thought that punished them too much, so it's fair. The other big rule that they—they they were testing—they—they f- they made it official was targeting. Basically, characters cannot block for characters. So you can only choose the closest character. They basically characters can't block other characters. You can ignore enemy characters with the wounds characters less than ten when determining if the target target's closest enemy to be the firing unit. So that's very cool. Um, so. There beta rules. Uh, they have tactical reserves in Battle Brother. Tactical reserves basically says, um, now for matched play, um, it's different between the two, but it basically says, instead of being set up on the battlefield during deployment, many units have the ability to set up on teleportari- teleportariums in high orbit, in reserve, etc., to arrive at the battlefield mid-game as reinforcements. When setting up your army during deployment for a matched play game, only matched play, at least half the total number of units your army must be set up on the battlefield, and the combined power ratings of all the units you set up on the battlefield during deployment, including those embarked on transports that are set up on the battlefield, must be at least half your army's total power level, even if every unit your army has the ability that would allow them to be set up elsewhere. Furthermore, in match play events, any unit that arrives in the battlefield during a player's first turn must be deployed wholly within its controlling player's deployment zone even if its ability would normally let it be set up elsewhere. This does not apply to Genestear Cults units that are being set up according to the Cult Ambush ability or units that are set up after the first battle round has begun, but before the first turn begins, such as those set up via the Forward Operatives or Strike from the Shadows stratagems. Uh, finally, any that has not arrived in the battlefield, at the end of the third battle room in the match play game, counts as being destroyed. So you can't hide yourself off the table for the last turn, if you get last turn, to make sure you don't lose too many points to give you a chance to uh, cheese your way to a win, if you will. And it also let, makes deep striking and other uh, shenanigans not as horrific as it can be. Because deep striking within 9 inches of an enemy, or sorry, just out of 9 inches of an enemy, and just unloading with guns was pretty horrific for a lot of armies. Uh, especially because with some good... Uh, roll nine, so you can start getting melee, and uh, a lot of armies didn't like being in melee turn one. That's kind of horseshit. So, and so the other rule is Battle Brothers, um, which basically, they say, going to say how they... Uh, let, let's read the rule, then I'll tell you what they say. Battle Brothers, all of the units in each detachment in your battle-forged army must have at least one faction keyword in common. In addition, this keyword cannot be Chaos, Imperium, Eldari, Yunari, or Tyranids, unless the detachment in question is a fortification network. So, basically it says, what it's saying is, you can make an Imperial soup army, but you can't make it all in one detachment. So, if you wish, for example, to field your Space Marines the Sisters of Battles, with Assassins, with uh, Admech stuff, you can do that, but you have to find a different keyword besides Imperium for each detachment. Now, if you can have three detachments, you can split them up however you like. You know, you just can't put them all in one detachment. And this is still beta. I really like it. It stops... The, the soup armies, as, as I said, you know, oh, you know, it, it's, you know, it stops, it, Imperial soup is the biggest one, but chaos soup is also pretty rough. Um, so you got to have, like, all Nurgle. All Nurgle, not affected. You know, all Xinch. there are still keywords you can use, but it stops some pretty, pretty heinous uh, abuse of the rules. Um, they go into Adirata for a bunch of different uh, units that should be able to be added into another army, and they actually mention, they, they give you some rules that let you add them in even in the case of this rule going live. So then uh, they added a small uh, errata to uh, affect some balance. Um, Basically a lot of detachments they felt had required too many units for not enough uh, not enough command points so they upgraded battalions to be plus 5 command points and brigades to be plus 12 command points. Just so you get a little more uh, effect from bringing such a large formation. Uh, especially when you can get a lot of, you can make some interesting super armies still by having lots of detachments. Um, more on that a little later. Uh, they have a couple uh, warp powers and uh, stratagems they think are a little too good, so they errated those. Um, the ability to ignore wounds has been changed so that you can only use one. So if you have, let's say, somehow you had disgusting and resilient and and bionics, you can't use one then the other. You you can only use one or the other. You can only use one ability to let you ignore wounds. And then they, uh, um, for organized play, organized events and, and play, where you get uh, limit the number of detachments and such you can take. It's, it's basically it's a good guideline for how big how big a battlefield you should have, how long the game's gonna take, and how many detachments you should have. Uh, they changed it a little bit um, so that uh, there are they have limits on the number of times each data sheet can be included. That means. How many times you can include each unit entry. It doesn't apply to troops or dedicated transports, which are fine. But it basically says, uh, so let's say uh, up to a thousand points, you can have up to two detachments. And you can have up to two of each data sheet per army. Which means you could not field three of, let's say, Imperial Knights. Any one of the Imperial Knights, you could fit, not field three of. Now, there's a way around that, of course, because there's different types of Knights. Or let's say Dark Reapers, you could not bring three Dark Reaper units; you could only bring two. Uh, and uh, 1,001 to 2,000 point army, they say up to three detachments and up to three of each per army. 2,001, to 3,000, up to four per army and up to four per army. So it's a very cool guideline. I think that'll help. Um, Oh, it'll well, help the the spamming cheese, which is really the way people go in a lot of games, unfortunately. Uh, and sometimes it just builds to be a bit too effective, bit more effective than they want. So, is what it is. Uh, I like it. Um, I'm impressed because a lot of uh, companies are tiptoeing around people. They don't want to go like, yeah, screw you, you can't use all those units you have. And I'm saying, well, you can't use all the units you have. Uh, not like that. You've got to use them a different way. You've got to be a little smarter about how you do it. So, you know... You know, you got to play bigger games if you want it. If you have six units of Dark Reapers, I'm sorry, can't use them. And they're being pretty unapologetic about it because it is degenerate and not helping the game, and I'm impressed. Most companies don't make that harsh of a stand, and uh, hats off to them. Then they did a little points review. Um, uh, they will... It'll be back out in the chapter approved 2018, but uh, uh, it's not too much. Uh, it's a handful of models. I mean, I could say it's less than a score of models. That's 20 for those of you who don't know. And it's ones that obviously, you know, you know, RoboGaman, he's obviously great. Robo Galman he's great. He's went up a low points. I think Commissars went down low points because they're not so good anymore, but so, a lot of interesting stuff there, and I mean, great six-page errata, not a lot of stuff, not a lot of breaking stuff, not a lot of, uh, you know, not a lot of craziness, but a lot of effect for it. Uh, so, hats off to them. Uh, very impressed to see where they go with this, and, uh, yeah, good stuff. Looking forward to, to what they continue to do. They continue to, uh, you know, shape back up into being the champ. And I'm impressed. So Ron. Alright, finally, we're gonna talk about the OctoCon. A classic that's quotation marks, so those are not going. To classic Chuck Norris movie. I'm not sure where to start with this movie. Uh we'll start with this movie's not good. It's not the worst movie I've seen because I mean, good lord, I've seen a lot of movies, but it's it's, it's bad. Um, I should have probably taken a look at the Rotten Tomatoes where it has a thirty three percent and that is really really not good um basically the whole story it's it's kind of lackluster unfortunately it's kind of uh oh, how should i say it it's the whole idea is chuck norris is a former uh, martial arts uh, obviously was in the in the war in a war probably vietnam since it came out in 1980 um former martial arts champion who hurt somebody which is never really touched on to be honest it's like barely a uh, ernie hudson brings it up once And that's about all you get from that. And uh, he basically gets in with this, there's a ninja training people to to kill and such. And when you fail a mission, they kill your family. And he gets involved with that with a woman he sees who's a dancer and he's wooing her. And she and her family gets killed and he's there and beats up ninjas and they disappear. And he knows it's got to be his brother. There's a couple flashback scenes in there. They're still not good. Um, Basically, let me get down to it. The pacing is really kind of shit. The story is also really kind of shit. They have this horrible, horrible, you know, his thoughts, you know, him, his thoughts in his head's uh, uh, effect they go for. That just sounds like him whispering into it like this. It's really bad. Uh, Too much setup. Not enough progression between scenes. Like, you'll go from him, you know, asking a woman out um, who he doesn't necessarily trust to him hiding in a tree checking out guards and stuff you don't know where it's it's just bad screenwriting it's a bad movie um the best thing about it there is no best thing about it the the fight scenes are too crappy and too far between i mean the fights are mediocre at best at the beginning and at the end of the movie the big the big fight scene isn't even that good it's it's just shit i mean i can't i cannot recommend you ever see this You have better things to spend an hour and 43 minutes on. Trust me, there's a million things out there you can watch better than this. It's a poor movie. It's not even good martial arts. Um, Find some other movie to watch, please. Promise me you will. I give it four shots of Kraken. The only reason there's not more is because there's nothing really to hate about the movie, but there's nothing to like about it. Um, Yeah, that's all I can say about the movie. It was not good. Fuck this this thing. Just watch something else. Speaking of which... (sighs) Watch something else. I'm going to go outside of the box, box a little bit here. And I am going to... Uh, I owe myself, after this shit-ass movie, a good ninja movie to watch after this. So I'm going to watch Ninja Assassin. That's what's next week's is. Decided it beforehand. I suffered through the octagon. I get to reward myself with Ninja Assassin. So there you go. Uh, next time, two weeks from now, Ninja Assassin probably turn for the... Uh, uh, excuse me, Armada Campaign, and then uh, some other tidbits from some other games. We'll see what uh, is the new hot reserve, hotness or of interest uh, t- to me at that point. Unless, of course, one of you wants to throw me an idea, you know, standard, at John O. Spencer on Twitter, John Oakland Spencer on Facebook, or John Oakland Spencer at Yahoo.com. Happy to have ideas. I'm doing this for you guys. You can even hit us up more than Dice, More Than Dice, at podcast at gmail.com, or hit us up on Facebook and More Than Dice. Throw me some ideas. I'll happily... Throw, you know, throw what I can, see what I can talk about for you guys. Um, But anyways, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being patrons of More Than Dice. Uh, This is John signing off. It's Ron.